This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. I'm Kathy Worthington, welcoming you to our latest episode of Late Boomers. Today, our very special guest is Brenda Small, who is a speaker and life coach. And I'm Mary Elkins. Brenda is a successful entrepreneur who mentors professionals and leaders and is an advocate for diversity and inclusion, empowered entrepreneurship, and personal and professional leader development. Welcome, Brenda. We're glad to have you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Kathy and Mary. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Too. We always like to ask our guests how they got started on their career paths. Can you tell us about your upbringing and your background and how that has informed your choices? And also, can you please mention whether you had any mentors along the way? That's a great question. It all started in an iconic, eclectic town called Red Bank, New Jersey, which mm. is on the New Jersey shore. It's about an hour from New York, about an hour from Atlantic City. And I am the eldest of 10 children, believe it or not. 10 wow. children. That's right. My mom and dad were, actually my mom was a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> As you can imagine, she was having babies every year and every other year. Mm. Uh, and my dad was actually a chef long before Top Chef was even mm. known. Mm. So it was as a result of that experience, frankly, and the uh, push for education, uh, ethics, and just determination and encouragement uh, that was just so vital, uh, vital, excuse me, in my life. And being the eldest of 10 children also meant waiting my turn, frankly. Uh, mm -hmm. we, were, we were raised uh, in, quote, a, I call it a middle-class um, reality, but a, a poor man's mentality. And what I mean by that is that as a result of having 10 children, there wasn't always enough money to go around. So there was financial lack throughout my childhood. And I carried that even into my adult uh, adulthood. Uh, mm -hmm. It was uh, just amazing. But the, um, the encouragement was there about getting an education, becoming more, being a leader, not the follower, I can still hear those words ringing from my mother in my ear today. Mm -hmm. Important. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Would you consider your mother was your main mentor? I would consider my mother a pivotal, pivotal person. I don't know that I would consider her a mentor, and that may sound a little awkward. My yeah. dad, I believe I got more of the work ethic. Uh, he was, well... I get it honest. He was a workaholic, I'll call it. Um, and even though there were issues with, uh, and again, I'll be very frank, with alcoholism uh, during my childhood, my dad still was a very hard, dedicated worker. 
and he was a very stern uh, father as well. So, you know, there was no playing around or messing around when it came to getting an education and discipline and doing the work that one needed to do uh, to make oneself better. So I consider both of them, again, very pivotal in my life. When it comes to mentors, I would consider just the fact of getting into the professional end of my life, uh, probably more so. I can think of at least, and I'm going to say five men uh, during the course of my lifetime that were very, very influential, uh, starting with my first position uh, as a, a uh, personnel management specialist at a hospital, Riverview Hospital, right there in Redbeck, New Jersey. They're still there today. And I was literally working in the radiology department as a receptionist. And Chuck, his name was Chuck Orlando, came to me one day and he said, I want you to go for an interview with our personnel department. They were looking for a recruiter at that time. I had never had anything to do with human resources or as we called it back then, personnel management. And so I did. Chuck was, again, I'm gonna call him a pivotal, pivotal person in my life because Chuck once saw my potential and recommended me to Rich Walzunas, the second, uh, what I call um, mentor, if you will. Mm -hmm. Rich hired me. Uh, I did a phenomenal job. Again, this is my first time in any type of personnel management position recruiting nurses. And at that time, there was a shortage of nurses across the country. But I got there and really dug my heart and soul into the work. Mm-hmm. And I was charged with interviewing, with using my interview skills to actually get the best out of the people that were in front of me and then help make the determination and recommendation to the director of nursing at that time of who to hire. Hmm. In six months, I closed the gap of vacancies. Wow. Months, which was phenomenal. And I just (laughs) did what I had to do um, for the hospital and so we could carry out its mission. But that was the result. And from there, I was there at least two years before I uh, got married to a military soldier. And then we went overseas to Germany. Hmm. Ah. I, I did spend 10 years in Germany, in Frankfurt, oh. and was, was there prior to the actual Berlin Wall uh, coming down. Did you mm-hmm. see it had come down? Were you there then? Too? We were there then, yes. I was just oh. before I came back to the, the U.S. Uh, so we, we had some really great experiences. Of course, we traveled. I had my second daughter overseas. I have two daughters. Uh, they're both young adults now, I should say, well, they're probably a little bit older than young, uh, but mm-hmm. they're beautiful, very smart, intelligent, professional women. And from there, I came back to the U.S. Uh, unfortunately, there was a divorce. And so that was a, a traumatic period during my life as well. But I came back to Washington, D.C. at that point and um, started my government profession from from this point, I'm still in Washington, D.C., uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, worked for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for several years. And again, was tapped on the shoulder to apply for a position in the United States Army P- the Pentagon. Wow. Uh, which mm-hmm. is not far from me. And that was also a human resource specialist, policy-oriented type position. 
Uh, it was wow. at the, Pen the Pentagon uh, that, again, I had other mentors. Uh, Ray Sumster was the director of personnel at that point in time. And, and there are just a number of other people that, again, really tapped my potential. They challenged me. That was probably the best thing I can think about during the course of my career. People recognizing that I just had so much more going on. And that often happens, even when you don't realize yourself what you mm -hmm. really have going for you. That's the key. And so I'm grateful for those people recognizing that ability in me and challenging me to go on to this position and to walk through that door uh, and to consider myself for this or that or the other. That type of positive reinforcement is invaluable in moving onward and being successful in life, don't you think? Exactly, absolutely. I think that's where I get the initiative and just the, uh, the I, to even explain how I got into coaching, it goes back when I think about it to, I'm gonna even say second grade. Actually oh. it was first grade. And here's, here's why. There was a teacher, Miss Margaret Mann. In fact, she was the only African-American teacher at that point in time. I think I'm dating myself now, right? <laughs> but really good. she would call me out of my classes and have me read to first and second graders and even kindergartners. Now, I was just in, in second grade at that point. Mm -hmm. And I used to always wonder, why is she choosing me to read to, these other, to the classes? Well, she saw something in me at that young age. And that's where, again, the speaking ability comes in, using oh. expression. She saw that in me through the reading to the classes. And, you know, again, I didn't realize all of that way back then and probably even for many, many years. But when I reflect back, I see where it all started, frankly. It's so beautiful to be able to see that story arc of your own life right absolutely absolutely and it's fascinating to to know that it all started when you were so young and you didn't realize it but your life path was being set out for you that is so true that is very very true it's amazing how we overlook things in our life and how they don't manifest or materialize until something else happens and so when you ask about mentors, there were people, and I consider Miss Mann uh, a mentor, probably the first one, although when I think of a mentor, it's someone who you can be beside and who really helps deliver assignments to you and, and just kind of be there with and for you. But she was really the, the pinnacle. She was the starting point, frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, I have been told that I always step up to the plate. Uh, and that's probably, again, getting it very honest with, the responsibility that comes with being the big sister yes. of, of 10 yes, brothers definitely. and sisters, right? And yes. having people rely on you all the time. I can remember that. And so there's just a responsibility that I carry uh, to this day. I always have, even in all of my work, uh, that it's incumbent upon me to do the best that I can possibly do and be the best I can possibly be, not just for myself, but for other people that I come in contact with, mm -hmm. by influence and impact. That means a lot to me. And I, I take it very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. That will mean a lot to our listeners too. Uh, you were also in real estate and you were a real estate coach. Is that correct? That's correct. Go I am on. still in, in real estate. Ah. Uh, 
have been a real estate, what they call specialist, if you will, selling homes and listing homes, uh, teaching, training. I actually had been the manager of a branch office and that involved recruiting again, recruiting mm. of agent professionals, training them up, getting them to be productive and to be able to be successful. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I value that. I value the personal development that goes along with that, a another responsibility. And so taking people who doubt themselves, who are questioning their ability to go from employment to entrepreneurship, which is exactly what I had done when I worked at the Pentagon. It got mm -hmm. to the point, I think we all come to what I call a crossroads in life, where it's time to move on. It's time mm -hmm. to do something else. It's time to spread our wings. It's time to embody and embrace who we really believe we are and the more that we are given. And so I came to a crossroads and it took me five years to get up enough courage and enough nerve to actually leave. Yes. It's leave the Pentagon. To leave huge the Pentagon. Huge big jump to go to real estate. It's so it, iffy. It I've uh, done it. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a, hard. a paycheck every two weeks, direct deposit. Right. Yeah. Right. That I could rely on. Frankly, yeah. and honestly, I was still, even, even with the employment at the Pentagon, even with the government uh, behind me and, and the stability that typically people imagine comes with that. I was still struggling. I had two daughters. I am now twice divorced. Mm -hmm. And my, my oldest daughter was actually going to Cornell University, which is why I came back to the United States, is to be here as a support for her. Mm -hmm. My second daughter, Tiffany, was still in Europe mm -hmm. with her dad. And that mm -hmm. was also a very traumatic time for me during the course of, yeah. of that time. But I saw Angela through Cornell. She graduated with honors. And then Tiffany eventually came back to the, the U.S. She went to the University of Seattle and I was here for her. Mm -hmm. And so it just meant a lot to be here for my daughters as well. But I was struggling putting my daughters through school alone. Mm -hmm. and moving surprising. From, right. Moving from the Pentagon, again, every two weeks, direct deposit, to real estate, which is commission-based. Right. Mm -hmm. But I yeah. stepped out and I hit the ground running. And I remember saying to myself, it's been five years. There's more out there for you. What's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? And my mind at that time just started going to all the possibilities, frankly. <laughs> Seriously, I, I just, I didn't even take a second thought about what could happen negatively because I could coach. I have a degree in teaching and education. I could counsel. There were just so many opportunities that just was running through my mind. I'm like, I've got to do this. And mm -hmm. I did. <laughs> I did. turned in a letter of resignation and that was, that was it. I jumped into real estate full time. And you coached your your colleagues as well in real estate, right? Exactly, exactly. How did that transition into life coaching or was it an easy transition? It's, it's interesting when you ask that question. As a result of my upbringing, again, going from lack 
into leadership positions. And I was tapped repeatedly, people recognizing again, my potential. And I felt such an obligation to women because I would see them, I saw it early on, even in the personnel management specialist position back at the hospital. There were women who were coming back into nursing after having put their license on the side for several years while they raised their families, while they got married. And then so many of them had gone through divorces. The children were now gone. They weren't at home anymore. And so they were now coming back into the profession. And yet they were still, oh, what's the word? They had a profession before marriage and before children, but there was still doubt in their minds about who they were and whether they could even re redo this thing for themselves. I saw the same thing coming out in real estate. People who wanted to leave employment and become their own, quote, boss, but doubting themselves, mm -hmm. hesitating. Not so your sure. coaching, your coaching could encourage the get rid of the self-doubt and exactly. give them some ways to deal with that, right? Exactly. Can you tell right. us about your STAR STAR strategic target action roadmap and what that means and how people can have it and use that in their toolkit? Right, exactly. And that's that's the important thing is that people need to understand that we have what we need with inside of us. We all do. Drawing on tools such as reflection and looking at how to investigate within ourselves, looking deep inside of ourselves. What are these roadmaps? They are the limited beliefs. They're all the things that we've grown up with, many of us, and been told and now believe about ourselves, the experiences that didn't turn out so well. How do we get beyond them and recognize the greatest potential that we have? And so I take them through that internal, what I call wake up process, identifying the issues, the challenges, the thoughts that are holding them back. And I ask them to identify what those things are and then Let's plot a course where we can now work ourselves through them and around them to get to the destination. That destination may, may be to be a top producer as a real estate agent. It may be to do four or five deals a year, right? So that one can feed their family or supplement income. But it gets them to one, I have three pillars, awareness, Mm -hmm. acceptance, and then action. So now that you are aware of what's holding you back, what's blocking your potential, your ability, your mindset, you got to own it. You got to mm -hmm. own the decisions that you made. Get rid of the blame and the shame. We own it. We know what they are, where they've come from. And now let's move into owning them and then crafting some action steps to move ourselves forward. That's good. And so I've done that with both real estate and the life coaching has come about again because of just that passion to work with women and empower women, equip women 
enlighten them so they have more tools at their own disposal and to know that anything is possible. They can create it. That's right. They can create it. Well, you've recently created your own vehicle and you've completed your first book, which is called Powered with Potential, Ignite the Inner Dynamic, 30-Day Guide to Create the Best You. In it, you talk about what you were just speaking about, the roadblocks to discovering our true potential. Can you tell us more about your book? And also, can you give our listeners any more pointers? (laughs) Thank you for that, Mary. (laughs) It all started with a tear, like a teardrop. I remember waking up one morning, actually it was July 3rd, 2015. And there was a tear coming out of my eye. And I can remember all of a sudden, my eyes just welling up with tears, literally. And I sat up on the side of the bed and I said, oh my gosh, Brenda, what is wrong? I was feeling at that point, just so detached and disconnected and inadequate and unworthy. I mean, these are all words that may be very common to your listeners, but that's what I was feeling. And so I sat there and I cried and cried and cried. And, and I did. It's in the book where I started a conversation with, with God. And that's not to diminish anyone else's belief. But for me, that's what I did. I had that conversation. At least I started that conversation. And what I realized, I was overwhelmed. I was in a place where even though I had made great accomplishments and achievements, I just did not feel as if I really had. My expectations of myself just did not match up to what I expected. And that's where the disconnect was because I was still here, for example, but expecting that I would have been further along wherever that was or is um, to include even in, in salary. And I was making good money, but it was my own self-doubt. And I, and I realized that I was really in my own way. I was the block. And that's when I started doing some really intensive self-work, really looking into my myself. And I know I'm not alone with that. And that helped fuel me to really want to reach out to so many other women because I was seeing and hearing the same thing, particularly those that were with the federal service. Mm-hmm. And then Once I left there, I was seeing the very same thing in the private sector. Mm -hmm. Women just not embracing themselves and all that they had to offer. It's the same story. You know, we're being moms and we're being spouses and we are employed. We're in business. We're trying to do all of these things. And what about us? And so I know that I was just really exhausted during that period of time as well. I was tired, frankly, yeah. right? And so how, did I, how, do, how do you get a grip on that? So the star basically is really, you are the star. I am the star. Uh-huh. And it's, it's the roadmap. It's taking that journey from where you are to where you want to be. And that may be owning a business, owning uh-huh. your own business. That may be going back to get a master's degree. 
that may be becoming a philanthropist, becoming a principal of a, a high school. It could mm -hmm. be so many, many things. Mm -hmm. If you just get out of your own way and have someone that can help facilitate you through those blocks. Oh. And it does sound like you formatted the book because in the title, it's called 30 Day Guide mm -hmm. to Create the Best You. That's the subtitle. So I'm wondering, is there do people is there like a workbook component to this book where you want people to uh, make notes each day or the book like is that? actually yes the book actually has learning exercises at the end of each chapter ah. there are thought questions that are asked that coincide with the message in the actual chapter when i'm coaching and so the book that's the one thing when i'm coaching my coaching course has actually been mirrored after the book. Mm -hmm. And so it is in the same three phases. Actually, there's a pre-assessment and a post-assessment, but the core are the three pillars, awareness, acceptance, and then action. And so it does mirror the very same process. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the questions that you ask at the end of each chapter? Well, let's just take a chapter. <laughs> oh, good. Yummy. We get a little pre yummy, <laughs> a little like taste. That. Yeah, because it's up for pre-order now. It's not it's not. How soon will it be available, Brenda? I'm going to keep it on pre-order probably for just a couple of weeks. And then um, from there, we'll go ahead and get it officially published. I ordered a, an autographed copy. Well, great. And you will get an autographed <laughs> I copy. I want one of those, too. We better order today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I will. I will. So let's just take day five. Okay. Chapter oh. called Naked and Exposed. And some of the titles can seem a little risque. <laughs> but it, it talks about transparency. And it talks about truth. A broom, mop, and dust rack have something in common. They're cleaning tools. And the makeover for the best you will involve a consistent and continuous internal search for truth, a cleanup process to achieve greater clarity, consciousness, choice, and change for your life. The process will require transparency. You will need to open and shine light into dark places that have been covered for some time to find and expose missing truths to create yourself anew. That's the beginning of that chapter. And then uh -huh. it goes on. Question. The most important truth, the most important lesson is truth will not reveal itself until you do. Identify the truth you are holding onto when revealed and released will set you on a new path to find and fulfill your purpose, claim your freedom, possess your power, and embrace and experience your full potential. And then it goes on, truth has circumstances. Describe the reasons for your truth cover-up. Truth has consequences. Describe the impact of holding back your truths. Truth has confessions. Describe how revealing truths are a benefit. And truth has conquests. Describe issues that you can conquer revealing truths. 
So some of them are just thought questions that way. The other are fill-ins. But the, the whole point is really getting one to look deeper inside themselves and reveal what those things are. Yeah, that's a lot of deep work. Yeah. It's like a, a lot of getting into yourself as you read mm -hmm. and having to pause and think about that, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's for those people who don't know what their truth is, how do you uncover that if they are struggling with many issues? Again, it involves a very deep questioning process. Very deep questioning mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. It is not necessarily a easy journey for some maybe a little bit more or less or less than others but it, that's what coaching is mm -hmm. it involves asking deep questions mm -hmm. and working someone through that process even with its pain even with its messiness mm -hmm. right even with the things that one still wants to hide behind Mm -hmm. it's bring, helping them bring it out. And so. I know we also know that you've done more than 1000 live stage mm -hmm. and virtual platform presentations. And what was your training for that? Other than the second grade teacher having you read, of course. <laughs> and uh, what did it take for you to make that breakthrough? Because so many people are afraid of speaking. That's interesting because I don't believe I've ever been afraid of speaking. I do get nervous even to this day, mm -hmm. uh, before any type of presentation. But I have always been able to just get up and either contempt, just be just be me, right? And just speak. Perfect. And I, I zone, the same thing. When I'm about to speak, I focus on the audience and I just give them what they need. And you memorize me, your speech? Or do you just use bullet points or something? No, I use bullet points for the most uh -huh. part. Now, some of those sessions were training sessions. So, you know, again, it varies in terms of presentation. Uh, some were just speeches before officials, uh, you know, Congress people, those kinds of things. So typically I do have some notes. Others are just extemporaneous. And so they've occurred in various settings throughout those 30 years. I, I love speaking. I love connecting with the audience and I feed off of that. So oftentimes I may have something prepared, frankly. And then when I get into the space, I just deliver. I deliver what I'm feeling intuitively that that audience needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you train for it specifically with people who were known for that? Actually, training? no. I, I've gone through a speaker training later in life that was just 2015, 16, but no formal speaking. Mm -hmm. I said, I just, I just do me. <laughs> I, I've just got a gift. I've got gifts uh, speaking and writing. And so I have just put those gifts to work uh, and I pray a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of gifts, I know whenever I have to speak to an audience, I get nervous and I have to tell myself in my head that I have a gift to give. And that helps because when you're giving gifts, you feel so good. And it's really, really a wonderful feeling. Um, please let us hear more about the other subjects you speak on. 
my gosh, there's been so many. Many of the subjects, uh, particularly more later now, have been on empowerment, on, on business, women in business, but moving them beyond again, a fear and doubt and insecurity. Those are the primary messages that come through and, and being stuck. I hear that so much. I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. You know, how do I get unstuck? Mm-hmm. It's really a transition because we're all energy, right? We're, we're all vibrations. We are constantly moving, even though we may not feel ourselves moving, we're constantly vibrating. And so we, we constantly need to be connecting with our own source, whatever that source is for you. And so I think it's important that people understand the evolution behind just being. Let's just be and not always look to someone else to tell us what we should or shouldn't do, how we should or shouldn't be, right? We get so caught up into that. Uh, and, and I think that's where so many of our blocks come from because we're not sure who we are, what we should be doing. We just know what somebody has told us. I think about my own life. And while I certainly value the journey, I often wonder, had I just followed my own thoughts? I wanted to be a nurse. That was mm-hmm. my first love growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I did not follow that pursuit because when I had my first daughter, I was married at 18, married uh, married at 18, had my first daughter at 18, and was registered for school, but I just could not make it in the mornings that early for labs. Uh-huh. So I switched my major to education and got a degree yeah. in education. So there's just different courses in life that we, we take as a result of experiences in life. Uh-huh. I'm okay with all that, but I often wonder if I hadn't been directed to human resources, for example, because somebody saw my potential there or to real estate because somebody saw my potential there and opened up a door, what would I be doing? Where would I be? Something equally interesting and stimulating, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We, and, and Mary and I discovered you on the audio social media platform Clubhouse. So tell us what rooms you host and whether that has also helped your business outreach as well. Interesting question. I joined Clubhouse in January of this year, 2021. And that was as a result of helping someone with their real estate campaign uh, for actually a national association of realtors position, leadership position. And then from there became exposed to obviously so many more rooms and started offering value, particularly in rooms again, that were talking about business, real estate, women empowerment, Uh and those kinds of things. I do have a club. I have not hosted any rooms in that club. It is a responsibility. I consider it a major responsibility to host club rooms. And so I am one who is really there to support others, Uh to help others to also shine. And then I contribute value. And that's what I've been doing is room to room that I feel I can offer value in that's related to what I do. At some point, I will host individual rooms. At this point, I've chosen intentionally not to do that. because it I can is understand that because it's a big time commitment. 
It and, really is. And the people that do it, do it the same time every day, every week, or some people are on there every single day with their room. And 24 and, hours because it's global. Right. <laughs> and I wonder, I, mean, I wake up, you know, and the, the alerts are going off. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I just left that person at 3 a.m. I mean, it's, it's addictive. It really is, Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And they're still up. <laughs> and yeah. then they just go for the day. You know, I know. I don't know how they do it because for a while I was listening constantly and now I'm kind of taking a short break from it. Plus, mm -hmm. as a little bit we've lightened up with the pandemic, I have found myself more socially active and doing things that conflict with that, which is fine. It's a little more interactive. But I do enjoy, I learn a lot on Clubhouse and I love the room you're on on Saturday nights with Suda Bay. Yes. And that's where I discovered you. Mm -hmm. And um, you give a lot of value in that room. Yes, you um, do. It's called Manifesting with Angels, I believe, isn't it? Correct. Yes. Correct. And you're, um, you're, you're also in emerged. rooms that are real estate oriented and business yes. oriented, mm -hmm. correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. I follow you, so I get alerts when you're talking, but I don't always have time to listen to that at that moment, you know? <laughs> That's what's fun about Clubhouse, though. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much going on there. It's a great platform. There is. Um, I have so many more questions in my mind, and I would love to ask you them. Is there anything you'd like to discuss that we haven't covered? I think the importance of recognizing that we all have unlimited, unlimited potential. And if we would allow ourselves the opportunity to put it to work, to tap it, I know that probably sounds cliche, but it is so true that we so often hold ourselves back, particularly as women, because we believe that we are supposed to be a certain way and to live up to other people's expectations. But what about ours? What about our expectations of ourselves? You know, there's, there's a saying that when you know better, you do better. It's Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. At this point, I believe we all know better. And so we should all really do better for ourselves because that makes us better people for other people as well. Families, coworkers, partners and it's that that i just want to be a part of to enlighten and equip and empower and encourage and help educate women to all that they can be and that they don't have to go it alone i did not have a coach in the earlier years of my professional and personal journey i had to learn most things on my own by myself and frankly, I really did not have to, but I didn't know better. Mm -hmm. The excuse of not having enough money or having the money to put aside for my own personal development. And so I'm a big personal development enthusiast. You have to work on yourself before you can work on other people. You have That's... to respect yourself before other people will respect you. That's so true. I, th I know our listeners will identify with that. Thank you so much. Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Brenda Small, real estate entrepreneur, speaker, and life coach. You can reach Brenda 
at Brenda Small PWP, that's like power with potential on Instagram, and on her website, brendacsmall.com. Thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you. Thank you both. And we want to remind our dear listeners to follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and on our late boomers account on Instagram and DM us if you have comments. Also check out our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and tell us how you listen to our podcasts. Are you walking? Are you cooking? Are you relaxing? We want to be here to serve, inspire, and entertain you. And thanks again to our guest, Brenda Small. Thank you both. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast.